Hey everyone, welcome to Refinery Life Church. Welcome to another Thursday evening teaching. You know, we're, we're two months into a three-month series now. I'm so happy and so excited that you come and it's every single week as we preach the Word of the Lord, we learn about the Word of the Lord. Why don't you join me now in the Lord's Prayer? In fact, before that, if you're looking for a new church home or you've got a friend who's looking for a new church home, invite them to the refinery. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 23 T.E. Peters Drive at Broadbeach. We'd love to see you there. We're a friendly church. We preach the word of the Lord and we see the Lord move every single week. He's, he's working within our church family and we love it. We'd love to see you there as well. But join me now in the Lord's Prayer. We pray the Lord's Prayer every time we meet. This was Jesus' model prayer. This is what he taught the disciples. So if it was good enough for them, you know it's good enough for us as well. He said, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Every believer needs to know what the Bible says about spiritual issues. And to do that, we need to read our Bibles. For the next month, we've been going two months, as I said, but for the next month, what the Bible says is the theme of our Thursday evening messages. And today, we're going to talk about what the Bible says about death. So over the next subjects that you won't hear preached in churches. We're going to talk about what the Bible says about death today, but in the next couple of weeks we're also going to speak about what the Bible says about the devil and what the demons. Because we need to know these things. We need to break the fallacies that have been taught. We need to get into the teachings that have been ignored so we can understand what the Bible actually says. So our text today is going to be Genesis 2.17. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. If you've got your Bible, open it up. It's important that when we meet together, we have our Bibles so we can study them. So you can read from whichever version you prefer. Genesis 2.17 says, But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Now, scripture reading for the day. So we're starting at Genesis, the first book in the Bible. And our scripture reading, which we're going to work through, is Revelation 21, 1 to 4. It talks about all things made new. Let's read that as well. Revelation 21, 1. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city of New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the heavens saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Now, Verse 4, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Wow. 
starting at the front of the Bible and finishing at the end. Let's pray for our offering. If you've got your seed and you're ready to sow, details will be on the bottom of the screen. Praise the Lord for the joy of giving. Praise the Lord for the joy of living. As the Lord Jesus gave himself for us, so we also give ourselves to you. We bring to your altar our hearts and our possessions. Use them for your sake and for the salvation of souls. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, the fact that there are so many different theories about what happens to our souls when we die indicates our desire to understand the phenomenon of death. We hear and use such expressions as, as li you know, life in the next world or life after death or life on the other side. We may have used them ourselves, but we certainly hear them. Does the Bible speak conclusively about this question of death? And the answer is yes. The scriptural answer provides abiding hope for Christians, particularly as we deal with the, the death of a loved one or prepare to face death ourselves. Now, this may sound terrible, but I believe we are going to see more deaths this year than what we've seen in the last few years. I prophesied it at the end of last year that we will see more funerals and have to do more funerals than in the past. That's why I'm touching on these subjects. So the first thing this evening is what is death? It's a good question. We can't answer that. We can't move forward. Firstly, death is the consequence of sin. When Adam and Eve broke God's command in the Garden of Eden, death became their companion and therefore ours as well. They died spiritually because they broke the relationship that they had with God. The vital fellowship they had enjoyed with God in the Garden was gone. It was dead. The principle of death became operative in their physical lives as well. And they began to die physically. The inevitable deterioration of the physical body is a result of sin. Death is a lot for all people. It's inescapable. We are dying and will die. Terminates this earthly life. Death provides the temporal nature of physical existence. Death is described as a return to dust, an absence of breath and a departure. Students of the Bible will discover an amazing difference in the attitudes of various Old Testament and New Testament saints in regard to death. If you read both the New and the Old Testaments, you'll see there's a difference there. The coming of Christ and his teachings clarified the death, sorry, the coming of Christ and his teachings clarified the death experience for Christians in an extraordinary way. The physically dead have been recognized by the living. Peter, James and John spiritually recognized Moses and Elijah during the transfiguration. We all have a greater knowledge of all things in heaven because of these visions, these experiences. All the mysteries and perplexities of the earthly life will be clear to us when we get to heaven. All those things we've worried about and not been able to figure out when we get to heaven, we'll just make sense. Second thing this evening is the state of the dead. Before the resurrection of Christ, 
the dead apparently went to Sheol. In the story of the rich man and the beggar named Lazarus, in Luke 16, the rich man suffered in a place of torment, but was able to look across the great chasm and see Lazarus by Abraham's side in paradise. That is how close they were. If we don't make it to heaven and we end up in hell, it is going to be a place of torment. Too often I hear people say, oh, hell will be fantastic. All my mates will be there and we'll just party. You will be alone and you will be tormented every single moment. And also, as Jesus was dying on the cross, he told the thief on his right, today you will be with me in paradise. After the resurrection of Christ, believers who die are said to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. It's the difference between New and Old Testaments there. Death is also referred to as sleep in the New Testament, while the soul immediately goes to be with the Lord. John, in Revelation, described believers who died as being happy because they are able to rest from their labours, knowing that their works do follow them. If you heard my message a few weeks ago on a Sunday about our crowns, Christian rewards, you'll see that what we do does actually matter. But we're all saved. But what rewards do we get? There's a difference. Paul considered death for believers to be an experience of gain instead of loss. Funerals should be a celebration of life, especially for believers. To Paul, death meant the final victory over self and over temptation. Paul anticipated the crown of righteousness, I preached on that a few weeks ago, that awaited him and all those who love Christ's appearing. Paul's attitude towards death was not a morbid desire to escape from life, but instead he knew the joys that awaited him after this life and that they were far greater and beyond anything that he could imagine. As believers, we should not fear death. Our third thing this evening, is the Christian attitude towards death. Paul said in Philippians 1, 23 and 24, For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nonetheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Paul was torn. He wanted to be in heaven with Christ, but he knew the Philippians needed him. Again, this wasn't escapism on, on Paul's part at all. He lived such constant and close communication with his Lord that he longed to be with Jesus. Hallelujah, who doesn't want that? At the same time, he felt the pressing responsibility of establishing these churches and strengthening these new Christians in the faith. <coughs> Excuse me. He was needed in this life and would find joy fulfilling the purpose that God had for him. <coughs> we are all needed in this life, and we should find joy in the purpose that God has for us, whatever that may be. We can't all travel the world and preach. We can't all preach from a pulpit on a Sunday morning. We can't all you know, sow millions of dollars into the kingdom, but we can all do something because God has a purpose for us. Paul also described for the Thessalonians and, and the believers in Thessalonica and us, that 
The Christian attitude towards the death of loved ones is a, is a time of joy. He attached the certainty of the resurrection of the dead to the belief and assurance that Christ has been raised from the dead. The Bible's clear that we will be raised with him. As we finish up this evening, our Thursdays are always a little shorter. While physical death is not something we normally look forward to, God regards death as a glorious homecoming for his children. Jesus said to his disciples, my, in my father's house, there are many mansions. They're there waiting for us. He has gone to prepare a place for us, and he will come again to receive us. Death is no longer an enemy of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's simply a blessed transition from an earthly life of imperfection and incompletion to one of perfection and eternal joy. Let me encourage you, church, to be diligent with your Bible study time because we need to understand these things and we need to understand that God has so much more for us than we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing because our God is a Redeemer. Nothing is too hard for Him. It can make you whole, spirit, soul and body, but you have to let Him do that. And you're important to God, you know that, but you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or by any of our social media channels. This year, 2023, is a year of divine restoration and divine recovery. Everything the locusts have taken from you is coming back. Everything that's been devoured is coming back. But you need to get close to the Lord. You need to start being obedient to what he's saying. You need to be part of your local church. And until next time, stay in the blessings.